What's going on, Kansas City? And welcome to the G Report on KCWRS Online Radio. Also live on Facebook. I feel a little bit better. (laughs) I feel a little bit better than I did about a week ago. Um, That depressing loss in the AFC title game to the Bengals. I am wearing orange, not because of Cincinnati. I hate everything Cincinnati. (laughs) <laughs> so uh it is not this is not in honor of them um but uh we have an awesome show with you guys so i have another special guest with me to talk super bowl uh and uh other topics my la brother mr jonathan mathis jonathan welcome to the show my man Hey, what's up, my man? What's up, Greg? How you doing, man? I'm doing awesome, man. I'm doing. I feel better than I did about a week ago. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yeah. Hey, I'm doing fabulous over here on the West Coast, man. It was a nice day today. Kind of warm today. Not too cold, you know. The temperatures here drop, you know, uh, kind of towards the end of the night. It starts okay. getting a little colder, and then it's cold in the mornings, but. By midday, afternoon, it starts to warm up a little bit. So I've been feeling nice, you know. And, um, hey, I'm ready for the Super Bowl this week. It could be a crazy week for me. Um, <laughs> keep the fingers crossed, and we'll see what happens. But, uh, hey, I, I'm I'm glad to be on your show. Um, it's a pleasure. Um, you have great viewership. I know you do a great show. So uh, let's do it. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, sir. So... Let's jump right into it. You living in SoCal, you know everything Rams. <laughs> so we'll preview the Super Bowl here. It is Super Bowl 56. The game the Chiefs should have been in. Uh, it's the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Um, so tell me, what is the keys for the Rams to finish this deal, beat Cincinnati, and get that get that chip. 
to get on the scoreboard early. Get on the scoreboard early. Set the tone. You know, um, establish the run game early. I think they need to pound the football through the ground. Mm-hmm. Not go so much through the air. Mm-hmm. And and I know that Sean McVay is going to get cute. And he's going to try to do so much through the air. It, this game might become an aerial attack. Um, I think the Rams need to, you know, not necessarily get away from that. But establish the, the run early. Um, they're going to need the type of effort that you have seen throughout the course of the playoffs, you know, to get this championship win. I think more than anything, it's going to come down to the defense, how well the defense executes. They could come up with a big, uh, timely plays, uh, takeaways, and stops. And that's going to be critical. Um, Aaron Donald's going to have to be a huge factor. I think I think if Aaron Donald's able to put pressure on Joe Burrow, I think it's going to be a long night for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, because, look, the Bengals have struggled to protect Joe Burrow. The mm-hmm. offensive line is not a sturdy one. So if Aaron Donald, the pass rusher that he is, is able to put a body on Joe Burrow and, and make life tougher for him, then it's going to be a long night, and I think that could be the factor in the game. I I think it might come down to that. But the Rams, looking at them on paper, they're the team to beat in this Super Bowl. Um, Why wouldn't they be? They're the betting favorites to win it all. Uh, Why wouldn't they be? Because when you look at the makeup of this team, they have enough firepower. They have the athleticism. They have the star power on both sides of the ball. Um, And they can play at a high level. But it's just doing it consistently. And another key for a victory would be how well Matthew Stafford performs. You know, I understand that he has this reputation for blowing big games. Well, we haven't seen that lately. We've seen him step up in, in a big way and 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 carry this team on his shoulders. He has plenty of weapons around him. He has big play with. Uh, uh, he has big playmakers around him now. So there's no more excuses, you know. But I think this defense at the end of the day is going to be what fuels this Rams team and and what gets them to the championship, Um, what gets them that championship win. Uh, But, again, Matthew Stafford is going to have to make those throws. He's going to have to take care of the ball. He can't make any mistakes. You can't make any mistakes in a game of this magnitude. You have to, you know, uh, make smart decisions with the football. You're going to have to execute plays. And, you know, you're, you're going to have to uh, somehow, some way, get the ball down the field. And I'm confident that Matthew Stafford can do that because he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. And I don't think the big lights and the big stage is too big for him. I, I don't think I don't think the lights is too bright for him. I think he's unfazed by all of that. I think he's just going to treat this as if it's another game. And I think he has another consistent uh, effort in where he does enough to help this team um, get to where it wants to go. You know, um, this is a team uh, that's 
built to win a championship. You have Odell Beckham Jr. Um, you know, at first I wasn't all for that, you know, but it was a splashy accusation. Um, and it has worked out for both parties. And I would say for the most part, Beckham just allowed himself to fit into uh, his role and has done what is being asked, you know, rather than, uh, you know, act like a diva because he's not getting enough targets. He is getting his targets, you know, um, and so is Cooper Cup, another uh, phenomenal receiver who is having a record-breaking year. I mean, this man is it's just simply amazing, you know. Uh, so this team is definitely the favorites to win. I don't see why not. You know, if, if Cooper Cup can produce another big stat line and if uh, Stafford can have another performance like he did uh, since he's coming because he, he has come over to the Rams and he has provided needed stability at the quarterback position and has put up solid numbers. So I think if Cooper Cup has a big game, and I think if Stafford doesn't turn over the ball and he makes those big plays, the Rams should win. Uh, you know, couple that with that fearsome defense that they have. Yeah. Uh, when I look at this game, to me, it comes down to the Rams defensive line versus the Bengals offensive line. And one of the things that upset me last week was we saw Tennessee get nine sacks the week prior. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs are going to get like five. Oh, <laughs> we only got two. And uh, it was and, – and but at the same time, you saw how weak that offensive line is uh, during that game. Um, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Floyd, I don't see how they don't get at least five sacks. Um, I don't, and honestly, I know, you know, they only, you know, have the Rams as a, uh, uh, as a four point favorite. I've seen this before. Well, we just seen it last year. But when the Chiefs had some injuries on their offensive line and we saw what happened there, uh, you need a solid offensive line. Joe Burrow is not the most nimble. Now, he can get out of there and he can run, you know, uh, somewhat. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, but he's not, no, he ain't no Michael Vick or nothing like, you know, so he, so, so if it's constantly in, you know, in his face, um, I think that favors, uh, uh, the Rams. I can see the Rams winning by two touchdowns, honestly, only because, uh, like I said, not just the offensive, you know, the Bengals, you know, uh, offensive line play, but, um, I think, the Rams would take a playbook out of what the Chiefs, one of the good things the Chiefs did last week, 
which is uh, uh, neutralize and chase. Um, I feel like uh, the Chiefs did a better job in the second matchup with Dublin Chase. Uh, we couldn't we couldn't hold T Higgins, <laughs> but uh, I feel like uh, the Rams will probably use that. Uh, I I expect Jalen Ramsey to be on Chase. Oh yeah, yeah, Definitely. yeah. I, yeah, I expect Ramsey Definitely. to be on him. Um, if he needs safety help, I mean they'll you know give it to him. But I think Ramsey can hold Chase uh, without any help. Um, if he can, then uh, that means that Burrow will be looking to Higgins, um, Uzoma. I don't know if he's gonna play or not uh, with that uh, with that knee. Um, so. But I, I I I like the Rams in this Super Bowl. Um I do too. They're more complete. They're more yeah. well they're they're well balanced. They're you well, know. And mm-hmm. so they should win this game. I'm not saying it's gonna be a cakewalk because yeah. if you think it's gonna be a cakewalk, then you're ignorant. If yeah. You think. yeah. If this game by no means necessary is gonna be a cakewalk. It's gonna be close. Uh, they might. It might come down to both teams trading touchdowns. It, it could. Mm-hmm. It could. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, with the Rams and that defense in front of theirs, they have guys that like to come off the edge. And mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, to me, that offensive line is suspect. That that Bengals offensive line, and so, mm-hmm. um, because of their inability to protect their quarterback. Um, that's something to watch out for. The secondary, the, the Rams secondary has had its weaknesses this season. Mm-hmm. There's been teams that that has exposed those weaknesses um, in previous weeks, and we've seen it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Jalen Ramsey is really the only shutdown corner you have in your secondary. Um, all you got to do is... Um, not throw in his direction. Mm-hmm. We we know that he could take away part of the field. Yeah. Yep. You know, we, we do know that. And, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals, when they game plan and scheme, they know that, too, as well. Yeah. But you're right. Jalen Ramsey is going to be covering Chase all game, Jamar Chase. And you know what? It's going to be a tough night for him because yeah. Jamar Chase, man, he's a stud. He is. And, he is. And, you know, he's he's a one of a kind wide receiver. So it's gonna be an interesting matchup for sure to see those two guys go at it. Um and then you have Joe Burrow who, like you said, he, he's good with his feet. You know, he has nifty footwork and he can scramble, he can evade the pressure, he has great awareness, he knows uh uh, when things don't look good for him. So what he does, if he sees that the pocket is collapsing, he, you know, uh, makes a run for it. You know, he's he's that mobile of a quarterback. Not as mobile as Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or right. anything of that nature. Right. But he can, he, he he's good enough to where he can extend the play and make something happen mm-hmm. on that play. You know, Definitely, so yeah. it's going to be an interesting game. And both of these teams can't throw haymakers because of their offensive firepower. Both of these teams have the offense. They both have it. Um, 
it's going to be a fun game because you got you got Goliath versus what's the other one? That, that David. Yeah, David versus <laughs> Goliath. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Um, you got the underdog team versus the top dog. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you got Cinderella versus the evil stepmother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's that kind of narrative, and and that's going to be the storylines leading up to the game all week long. Yeah, definitely. Um, another key for this game is red zone defense. Now, red zone defense has saved the Cincinnati Bengals the past two weeks against the Titans. And against the Chiefs, we definitely saw it at the end of the fourth at the end of the fourth quarter when the Chiefs had it inside the ten and couldn't get it in and only had to and, and they had to kick the field goal. Um so I feel like red zone defense for the Bengals, if if the Rams are driving and they're only getting threes, that's that's gonna help Cincinnati stay in the game. But if they're giving up touchdowns, that's gonna then that definitely favors uh, uh, the Rams. Uh, so right. so the red zone defense is where I'm gonna be looking at. Um, the Bengals do have a good red zone defense. I will you know I will say that. But uh, that's where the game is gonna be won or lost. Um, Real quick before we go on to the next topic, if Matthew Stafford, so if if Rams win this game, Matthew Stafford gets his ring. How do we look at him now? Is is he now one of the top tier quarterbacks with a uh, Super Bowl win? Hmm. You know that's a tough question. Well, you can say that he has solidified his status with a Super Bowl championship on his resume. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a Super Bowl championship on your resume, that does help, you know, and he, one can argue that he deserves to be in that conversation as a top-tier quarterback. Um, it's Joe Flacco. Was he a top-tier quarterback? He won a Super Bowl. Um, I think that was more the defense that got him there. No, that wasn't him. Yeah. Um, uh, so a lot of people are going to have that same mindset, and they're going to have that same approach about Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's gonna it's going to follow him for the rest of his career because he spent the vast majority of it in Detroit with no offensive line, with not enough firepower around him. With no weapons around him, that team failed him. They didn't build around him, and most of his prime was was wasted while there. So that's always going to follow him. It's really, really hard to say where to put him. I would have to see a little bit more from him in the following season, because look, this was his first season with a Rams team. That was already stacked and loaded yep. with so much offensive playmakers, right? With a lot of uh, guys who can make things happen for you. 
Well, let's see how he does next year with that same team. That's going to be interesting to see what he does next year. I mean, it's hard to repeat as champions, but let's just see how far he can take this team next year. You know, um, but I don't know if I could put him in the top tier just yet. I think it's, I, I, I don't, I don't know if you could compare him to guys like Tom Brady, Drew Brees, um, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if you could put him in that category just yet. Okay. I, I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of hard to really say, you know, but you could definitely say he's a Super Bowl champion. Yeah. You could definitely say that if he does win his championship. You can also say that he's a hero for being that guy for this franchise. You can say that he was a major upgrade compared to the last guy that they had, which was Jared Goff. <laughs> Jared Goff. He wasn't yeah. going to take them anywhere. So, yeah, he's definitely he, – he has definitely gone from an underappreciated player – to an appreciated star in Hollywood. And the L.A. fans will always remember that if he does deliver in this championship game. You know, so he will forever be a cult hero in Los Angeles. I don't know if I... I don't know if I'm ready to say that he's a top-tier quarterback, though. Okay. Okay, so so the jury will still be out on that one. The jur- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, fair. That's fair. That is fair. So our next topic: Chiefs off-season moves. Now, there's been a lot of talk here uh, in Kansas City about what do they do on defense? Do they finally spend money and get corners? Do they get, you know, are they going to re-sign um, uh, Matthew? Uh, linebackers, what are they going to do? Uh, there has been some talk of should they keep uh, uh, Spagnolo as their defensive coordinator or not? I feel then and I'll and I'll uh, throw this to you. Um, I feel like Steve Spagnolo had did good the first two seasons. They won the Super Bowl against the Niners. They got to another one. And I feel like this year it was a lot of miscommunication in the secondary and that happened a lot in the uh, Buffalo uh, playoff game and I, I and I and I'll be sitting there and I'll be like okay guys it's January and we're still having problems figuring out where 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 we're supposed to line up what are we doing on this play and so on and so forth and I feel like, yeah, it's easy to blame the coach 
you know, for that and everything. But I just feel like maybe is the system so complicated to where the players aren't understanding it? <laughs> or, you know, so I feel like they should move on from Spags. But uh, what do you think the Chiefs should do? Yeah, there has been miscommunication on that defense. Um, there's times that you can see that they're not well prepared, that those guys are not on the same page. <clears throat> they don't know what to expect. They, you know, they're just all over the place. And, and we've seen that with the Chiefs defense. We also seen moments where the Chiefs defense will bail out Patrick Mahomes in the offense. Uh, that there's been a lot of that too. So Steve Spagnolia must be doing something right to hold on to his job. Now, is it time for fresh blood? Is it time for a new voice? Um, maybe it is, but I think more than anything, they need to address their glaring needs and give him more to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to address that defensive front. They haven't had an impactful player in that defensive front since Houston. That's right, Justin Houston. Yeah, yeah. It, Justin yeah. Houston, mm -hmm. if I if my memory serves me correctly, mm -hmm. uh, so it's time to retool that defense. I mean, it's not the most it's not the most se sexy uh, option, you know. <laughs> uh, of course, offense is sexier than yeah. than defense yeah. because everyone wants to see a team haul up the scoreboard and and. and you know, uh, make plays on the offensive side of the ball. They, they could care less about what happens on the defensive side. But defense wins games, and we hear that all the time. So I think the Chiefs focus, and I, I think even Brent Beach acknowledged it, that they need to, you know, uh, stabilize that defense, uh, you know, uh, tighten up that secondary, um, but more than anything, I think it comes – I think it starts with that defensive front. You need some pass rushers. You need some linebackers that uh, can, you know, make plays and, and, and get some pressure up front and get to that quarterback. And um, I, I think that's what the Chiefs are missing in the defensive department. They don't really need anything on offense. They're, they're, they're locked and loaded. On offense, you know they got guys that can make plays. Um, I, I think you got to focus on that secondary too and build around a guy like Tyron Matthew. He's one of the highest play, paid players on that roster. Yep. You you pay him all that money, but yet you have nothing around him. So mm -hmm. I think that's what the Chiefs need to focus on this offseason. Yeah, he is as of right now, Tyron Matthew. Has, has not signed. <laughs> they're still trying to figure out if they're going to bring him back. Uh, it's kind of half and half. Some Chiefs fans want Tyron Matthew back. Some people say, go ahead and let him go. Spend the money somewhere else. Uh, I'm kind of 50-50. I think you bring him back and build around him in that secondary. He's not a bad... Uh, player in that secondary. Oh, no, no, no. He's he's definitely uh, our best safety. Uh, Daniel Sorensen needs to go. I'm tired of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of yeah. that. Well, I agree with you on that one. <laughs> oh, he made me so frustrated this season. It's like, what is he? What? <laughs> like, the things that he would do. But, um, 
should the Chiefs get like a um, uh, Juju Smith so that Mahomes has somebody else to throw to besides Kelsey and uh, Hill? Yeah, it would be nice to see them get a third option. A third option is always great for a wide receiver uh, because what if you uh, double cover a Tyreek Hill and he's having a difficult afternoon and he can't make plays. Also, here's another thing. What if one of your key stars gets injured? Then what? Mm-hmm. What's your plan B? Yep. So, yeah, I think they do need another explosive wide out, someone who can contribute to that offense. And Juju Smith will be a great player. Hey, look, I know Ju- Juju. I, I know how he plays. I know his demeanor. You know, he, he came out of USC. So I right. I watched quite a bit of his games uh, living here in Southern California. And, I, I mean, the guy definitely brings the energy. I think he needs a change of scenery. I, I don't I don't think the, uh, the Steelers is a good place for him anymore, especially now knowing their situation at the quarterback position. They don't really – have a direction there yet now that Ben Roethlisberger is gone. So I, I think that it's time for Juju uh, to make a change and, and, and look elsewhere. And the Chiefs would definitely be a great spot for him because he has an established quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. Not only that, he has Travis Kelsey. He's going to be sharing the field with a bunch of playmakers, and, and that would be a great place for him. But the top priority, I think, my friend, is that defense. Um, there's no way that you blow an 18-point lead. Exactly. You know? And I, yep. I, understand, I understand, though, a lot of that falls on Patrick Mahomes, too, because he had a pedestrian second half, and it looked like so. And and you're not going to win many ball games if you come out in the second half throwing two interceptions uh, and going eight for eight with only uh, 55 yards. You're not going to win too many ball games playing like that. Sure. I mean the Chiefs. The Chiefs. They they choked. They, they choked in the second half, and, and they blew it badly. They did. It was one of the bad chokes uh, in the history of the uh, fran- yeah AFC Championship, the franchise, yeah. everything. <laughs> and uh, and I get it. Patrick Mahomes struggled in the second half. But my whole feeling with that was this guy has carried y'all all season. Now it was time for the defense to be like, okay, Patrick's having an off half. Let's, let's take over the game and make sure that we win this since he's having an off game. We're the ones that's going to have to do it. And the defense just couldn't do it. They and, collapsed like Buffalo. They couldn't bail yeah. them out this time. They exactly. Exactly. So uh, hopefully, uh, I would love to see um, uh, uh, Juju with, with with the Chiefs. I think uh, I think that would be good. Um, Patrick Mahomes needs somebody to throw to besides Kelsey and Hill. Uh, I think we pretty much know that now. And um, for them to get as, for the Chiefs to get as far as they did after how the season started, 
if you would have told me when they were three and four, hey, they're going to make the AFC championship, I would have said, sure, okay. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, but they, they, but they made it. Uh, it's always, it always hurts as a fan to get that close and lose like that. So, uh, but I, I still feel good. I still feel like before Patrick Mahomes' career is over, he will have, uh, uh, at least two more rings to his credit before it's all said and done in Kansas City. Um, now we get to our Brian Flores topic. This whole thing has... It's times where I've read it and I've been mad. Mm-hmm. I've been, and then I'm kind of confused because I'm like, why in the heck would an owner pay somebody to lose? And so, because this is how this is how I feel about it. Any owner that pays a coach to lose games on purpose, they should be banned from the league. If we can, if baseball can ban Pete Rose for betting on baseball games Mm -hmm. when he was a manager for the Reds, how in the heck can the NFL and, um, uh, Godell not say okay all the owners that was doing this bye right y'all banned like it's not hard and I feel like it is kind of a good old boys club as far as you know, okay uh, uh, Godell doesn't want to piss off the owners so he wants to, you know, kind of still be on their side and then still kind of be on the side of, you know, the, you know, uh, the Brian Flores being wronged and all that. And it's like, yeah, he came out with the memo uh, today. I, I don't know if you saw it, uh, uh, Jonathan, but he was talking about, uh, well, yeah, the NFL, we got to do better as far as our minority you know, coaches and get yeah, and I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. The thing with Goodell, with Goodell mm. is that he always takes action after the fact and never before. That's the thing. That's the thing. So how? So okay, let's start. Let's start with this half of it first. He blew it with Kaepernick, and mm. now he's blowing it with this. Yes, yes, two times. Yeah, two times well, now. So. What can the NFL do now to make this right? Well, you're going to have to adopt numerous policies and programs, I guess. Uh, First and foremost, you're going to have to investigate into these these franchises, uh, you know, to get a better understanding on what's really going on behind the scenes, behind closed doors, you know, because... Mm -hmm. The NFL has a serious issue with diversity, obviously. I mean, it's right in front of our eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we can see it. Even Stevie Wonder can see it. 
that there's a lack of black NFL head coaches in the National Football League. And that is a problem. That is a problem, and that paints a bad image on the NFL. I mean, that gives them an ugly black eye to know that this league is in the state that it that is in because of discrimination. And I applaud Brian Flores. I salute him. Yes, yes. Because this is a guy who is standing his ground and he is looking out for the black culture and the black community. Yep. So I appreciate him for that. And anyone who disagrees with his premise or where he stands on this, well, then that's on them. If if they're if they're blinded by ignorance and they don't want to take the time to understand why he is putting his coaching career on the line, because that's what he's doing. He's jeopardizing his own career to use his platform and to stand up for what is right and what needs to be done. Yeah. You know, because a lot has to change in the NFL. A lot has to change. You mean to tell me there's only one African-American head coach standing today while everyone else that was African-American took a fall? Wasn't even given a fair chance to turn around the culture? Yeah. That's a problem. That's a, that's, a, that's a serious problem, and it's very uh, upsetting. Yeah. It's very infuriating, and... You know, it's very disgusting to me because there's a lot of black coaches out there, assistant coaches right now, who are qualified for head coaching jobs, yet these NFL franchises continue to overlook them. Now, I, I heard Eric Benamy is getting interviewed, is going to have an interview with the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. But see, what people don't realize is one thing to have an interview. It's another thing to actually get the job. Yep. And see, the Rooney rule allows it where black coaches can come in and interview. But what what is the purpose of the Rooney rule if black coaches are not getting jobs? Mm-hmm. Basically, all it basically all the Rooney rule is is a slap in the face to the black coach. You yeah. know, okay, it, it's basically telling them, okay, yeah, you'll get an interview. But that doesn't mean you get the job. So pretty much all that is is that, oh, okay, you know, um, we we'll we'll interview them, we'll we'll talk to them, but that doesn't mean they get the job. And you is know? yeah is. So I mean, you know, it's just it's just a sad situation, and it's yeah. utterly ridiculous. It and is. Black coach in the NFL, and that guy is Mike Tomlin. Yep, that's it. That's it, and it boggles me how I hate that phrase when some. And this was with this is this is this is what the uh, uh, Giants did when they got their hand caught in the uh, cookie jar. They said, "Well, we went with Brian Dayball because we felt Brian Dayball." was the most qualified candidate that there was. 
And I hate that phrase, we went with the more qualified person, because people have used that phrase against black people, whether it's NFL, whether it's regular jobs. We've heard that phrase before. And knowing, of course, you don't know everybody's, you know, resume and all that, but you have a pretty good idea who's had, you know, more uh, uh, accomplishments or whatnot uh, at the job that you're interviewing with. And when the less qualified person gets it and then the company has to lie and say, well, we gave it to the more qualified like, okay. Like, Brian Dayball is not more accomplished than Brian Flores. I don't, it doesn't matter what he did for Josh Allen. I know what, he made him a better quarterback. Okay, cool. That's good. But he's still not more qualified than Brian Flores. Right. I've seen what Brian Dayball did here in Kansas City when he was here with um, uh, Todd uh, um, uh, Haley. They didn't do nothing. Right. <laughs> he was horrible. I mean, I, Matt Castle's your quarterback. He, he's, it's going to be horrible unless you're Bill, you know, Belichick. But at the same time, I feel like Brian Flores didn't get a fair shake there. He didn't get a fair shake at Denver. You have John Elway coming in drunk, which how... <laughs> How you can interview someone, because if we come in a job interview drunk, it's all done. They're not even going to do the interview. They're going to say, yeah, uh, that's okay. And for you to be the general manager of Denver coming in there drunk for this interview, it's John Elway shouldn't have a job either. Right. <laughs> like, it's amazing to me the different sets of rules for the different people and all that. And yes, privilege. Yeah, it's privilege, privilege, exactly, exactly. Privilege. And, and I'm putting yeah. that politely. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not even using the adjective in front of it. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, just, yeah. I'm privilege. Just yeah. Privilege. Yes, yes. And even how Byron Leftwich got done. With the Jaguars, a team he used to play with. Brown left, which basically said, hey, y'all give me the job. I want a new uh, GM. I don't want Trent Balky to be the GM. Jaguars like, uh, that's okay. We like our GM. We'll we'll, we'll go hire uh, uh, Doug. <laughs> we'll go hire Doug Peterson. We don't want. It's like, what? I says, what's so special about Trent Balky? What? He ain't did nothing. And you want to keep him uh, over uh, getting Byron Leftwich? Right. <laughs> Which is why Byron Leftwich pulled his name out of the uh, the candidacy, right? Yes, yes, he pulled his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he yeah he pulled his name, you know, out of the interviewing process and everything. Yes. Understandable, understandable, because he knows he's not going to get the job. Exactly. He knows he's going to, you know, get turned down and someone who is less qualified is going to be the head coach. He knows that. He knows it. 
But Brian Flores probably, I'm not going to say he's going to get blackballed. Okay. Because that's the wrong word to use. I, I think in a few more years he'll get another coaching job. Mm-hmm. But because he brought, you know, the NFL's hiring practices to light, he won't get a job anytime soon. And I don't think yeah. he even cares. No, 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 he does. You know, I think more than anything yeah. what's concerning to him is these hiring practices. Yes. And we see the unjust. Yes. You know, it, it, it's it's unfair. And a lot of these hirings are justifiable, but also unjustifiable, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because the black coaches don't get the same equality that the white coaches get. And, and I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't like, you know, sounding like that. But right, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not trying to sit here playing the race card, but right. you have people that, they'll say, well, oh, there he goes. He's playing the race card. <laughs> well, sorry. There's... It's cold, hard facts. It's the truth. It's... It is what it is. Yeah. It's been like this for years. And the only way it's going to change, if you want to change these NFL, NFL hiring practices, it starts with ownership. It starts with the people at the top because they're the ones that's in full control of their franchise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they 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 have say of, of what goes on, what goes on, you know, within that franchise, yeah. you know, and it's up to them. And it, and it also it, it, it really starts with ownership. And that's another thing. We got to get some black owners in the NFL. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we yeah, that's that's definitely but, a but, conversation. But again, yeah, but 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 with that with that changing, because you got a lot of black coaches who don't look out for their own people. So would that really change yes. the whole? Would that really change the whole uh, situation as well? Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know if it will, because yep. you got black people that you know rise up and mm-hmm. get to the top. But then they want to see the other brother fall. Yep, exactly. And so exactly. I don't know how much that would, you know, be a solution. I don't know if it if it, if it is a solution. I don't. I really don't mm-hmm. know what it what what would change this. I, I don't. I don't think there's any change to come because it's been going on so long, and by now we're so used to it that. I just don't see this being resolved anytime soon. I think it gets worse before it gets better. It gets worse before it gets better, right? Right. And I'm glad that you brought that up, um, uh, Jonathan, because uh, Skip Bayless talked about it. I don't know if people caught it um, this past week where uh, um, uh, Ryan Poles got the GM job for 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 the for the for the Bears. Uh, he was here with the Chiefs uh, uh, with uh, uh, Andy, and um, what they told what Andy had told Poles was when you get the GM job for the Bears, make sure you look out for um, uh, Eric. <laughs> and uh you know um uh interview him and give him a fair shake for that you know um uh right. opening there and 
he got the GM job and he didn't even interview Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, see, and a lot of it, a lot of it too, is insecurities. Yeah, that's part of it. Insecurities because they feel threatened. They feel that that person's gonna come in and take their job, and it's mm-hmm. not even about competition. It should be about helping the next person, you know, exactly. uh, be successful. And and that's the problem within the black community. We're we're just a lot of our people are not all of us because you you know how we we look out for each other but yes. not all of us are, are like that not all of us are wired that way and that's a huge problem in the black community and that's why we lack in so many areas because we don't have powerful we we have black people in power but the black people in power they abuse their authority. And they only look out for themselves and their well-being, but they don't look out for the rest of the community. And, and that's a huge problem. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. I just hope that it gets better and we see more black coaches, uh, maybe one GMs. new GMs, yeah, owners. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that one day that will happen. Um. Just gotta, just gotta kind of grind, you know, you know, to that point. So, yep. um, one last topic here. We got a few minutes left here. Um, I want to hit on your Lakers real quick, <laughs> Jonathan. Um, what's the score? Cause I, I, don't uh, I I wasn't even I wasn't even paying attention. Um, <laughs> I, I can uh, I can definitely check that for you though. But uh, my question is, if all right, let's say they get in the playing game, they're down seventy one fifty six. Not surprised. Halftime, yeah, yeah. Not surprised. That's, that's, <laughs> that's typical of the Lakers now. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. So if they get in the play-in, they don't get out the first round. Mm-hmm. Who gets the blame? Uh, who gets the blame? Is it gonna be Russ? Is uh, Frank Vogel gonna get fired after the season? Like what? Like who would get the ultimate blame? Okay, I heard that. From my understanding, it's day to day with Frank Vogel. Okay. I guess I guess Jeannie Buss and that ownership is monitoring the situation carefully. Okay. Uh, they're going based on game by game. Um, and I, I guess if the Lakers continue to play poorly, they'll finally uh, make a decision on his future mm-hmm. and what Frank Vogel's status will look like. Um. But, you know, the blame will sadly fall on LeBron. And and it's a real shame because, look, LeBron is having a historically good season, right? He is, yes. He's putting up historic numbers. Uh, you know, he's scoring at will. He's doing everything he can to try to uh, help his team get back in the wins column. And, you know, he's having an offensive clinic, you know, and it's amazing for a guy that's 37 years old. But he'll get the blame because of who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, not so much of uh, the team's failures, but because of who he is. 
Because you got a lot of people who are naysayers and doubters of LeBron and his critics, they wait for this moment. Mm. It's a moment to bash him and it's a moment to call him out. So he'll unfairly come under, under criticism when you really should point the finger at the whole entire team, not just LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook is a big part of the problem, too. I think when he got here, he messed with the chemistry. Mm-hmm. It, it it shows in each game that the Lakers were better off keeping Montreal Harrell yep. and Kyle Kuzma. Because you look at Kyle Kuzma, man, he's over there averaging double-doubles, triple-doubles. You know, he, he's putting together a solid season over in Washington. Yep. You know, yes, I understand the pressure is not on them anymore. You know, it it, it, it could be stressful and, and a heavy burden on your shoulders playing in a city like L.A., you know. Definitely, yeah. Playing for a story franchise. So when you when you go to another city where there's not uh, immense pressure and where there's not these heavy expectations for you to perform, you can open up a little bit and you can – come out of your shell and, and maximize your talent. You know, but to get back to your point, LeBron James is is going to be the scapegoat, but he shouldn't be. You know, you got to look at the whole entire team. You got to look at Frank Vogel and his coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Frank Vogel, you can even point the finger at him. You know, uh, we, we've all, we, we've all questioned his, Substitutions and rotations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the defense has collapsed. No, definitely. You know, and this team has a lot of mental lapses. This team is not a consistent team. Um, they struggled on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. They don't have discipline. They, they, they. There's times that they take ill-advised shots particularly Russell Westbrook, there's nights that the Lakers probably should have won games and they lost because of him. Why? Because he took an ill-advised shot and missed it or because he turned over the basketball Mm -hmm. so many times because he he has shown that he can't take care of the basketball. So what all of this illustrates is that this is a Lakers team that's not – championship ready mm-hmm. you know the offense is putrid um you know there's nights that they play uninspired basketball and they just look helpless they look helpless i i mean i don't know what else would work if they they're gonna have to make a mid-season trade before the the upcoming deadline that's that's you know gonna be pending soon you know, um, I don't know where you go from here if you're in the Lakers front office. Yeah. You know, you can even point the finger the the, the finger at Rob Palenka. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. It, it, you know, it seems to me that he's a puppet on strings. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. everyone within that organization is listening to LeBron. So maybe LeBron needs to take some of that ownership. So maybe there is is uh, uh, some fairness in that, in, in saying that he's to blame. Because he did, you know, inquire about some of these players. 
Yes, he did. And, and he wanted to, you know, buddy up with some of these players, like Russell Westbrook. Yep. Well, yeah, you can absolutely, I guess you can, I, you can blame him. But you, you yep. got to also blame the other players, too, because they're not performing, you know, um, and, and living up to their expectations. Yeah, definitely. I think LeBron does get blamed for bringing in Russ. Uh, that was that was his call. I'm sure they asked him, my Bron, do you want Russ? <laughs> and he said, yeah. And one, so once you want someone and it don't work out, you gotta kind of take the blame on that one. Say, hey, yeah, you the one that wanted him and. Nobody else did, honestly. So, um, but we all knew what Russ was before, you know, going to the Lakers. Right, right. We did. And now everybody sees why Kevin Durant got away from him. So I got to get away from this guy. Right. Because it was times, especially in that series uh uh with the uh with the thunder uh uh against golden state where kevin durant was open and russ didn't even pass him the ball <laughs> kevin durant is just like hey i'm a oh yep. <laughs> like, he, he 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 tries to do too much he wants to be this ball dominant guard mm-hmm. who can't shoot and then because he tries to do so much he ends up losing the ball, turning it over. Yes. Yeah, turnover machine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Triple-double machine, but, it, it, I mean, it, it's overshadowed by the turnovers, by the amount of turnovers. Yes, yes. So, yeah, I think that after this season, I could see the Lakers cleaning house as far as getting rid of uh, uh, Coach Vogel. Uh, getting rid of Russ. Uh, I don't want to say start over. I don't think it's gonna be like that. But um, it'll be AD and Braun, and then they'll kind of figure out what they want to do uh, after that. Uh, well, AD is season. supposed to be the cornerstone piece that that they build around. But yep. how can you build around someone that can't stay healthy for a full season? That's the thing. That's the thing. Yep. Yeah, he can't stay healthy. And if he can stay healthy, you can certainly build around him because uh, before we were calling this man a generational talent. Yes. Yep. And he was big when the Lakers did win their championship in the right. uh, 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 bubble. Anthony Davis was a big reason why that happened. He was. And a lot of people. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, don't give him credit for that. But Anthony Davis did his part to get the Lakers that championship. Right. And it seems like ever, uh, it seems like ever since then, um, just hasn't been the same kind of player. And they need a more solid bench. Yes. Every great team needs a bench. Yep. You need your you need your contributors off the bench, and that's something that the Lakers are missing, and that's an area they lack in. 
See, what they did, when they made their mistake was by going out getting all these big-name players. It don't matter how many big-name players you have. If they're old, they're old. (laughs) And and if if they're not going to play defense, it really doesn't, it really doesn't, you know, help much. You know, but by getting all these big-name players who, you know, have been in the league for a long time, veteran players, I mean... That's not going to really bolster your offense too much because they're well past their prime. Um, and also, a lot of those guys have large egos. Yes. Um, and so it's going to be hard for a team like that to jail. And it's hard to jail, too, when you got a bunch of guys that can never stay healthy. Carmelo Anthony got hurt. Yep. yep. Trevor Ariza, mm-hmm. he was hurt for a while. You know? Uh, Kendrick Nunn is still out. AD goes back and forth on the, on the uh, injured list, if you will. Yeah. You know, I always see him on I always see him on the sideline sitting in fancy street clothes. <laughs> yeah. You know what? What good is that going to do the Lakers? You know, so I mean, this Laker team, man, they got to go back to the drawing board. Uh, they they got a busy off season ahead of them. I, I think they gotta, you know, figure some things out and, and see uh, where they go from here. You know, um, because they're gonna have to definitely make some changes if they want to contend again. Because I just don't see it happening this year. I yeah. mean, delusional Laker fans they they think it's gonna happen. <laughs> they, they think they, they think they're gonna win the championship, but I I'm mm-hmm. here to tell them. I'm sorry. It's nope. not going to happen this year. This team is not built to win a championship. Nope. And there's better teams in the West that can beat them in a best of seven series. Oh, yeah. The Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors, those are two teams right there. Yeah. That can, that can beat the Lakers in the four-game series. And by the time by the time we get to the playoffs, which is in April, right, of, of what, two more months? Yeah, two more months. By the time we, by the time we get to the playoffs, Bodies are going to be worn down on the Lakers because, again, those guys are older veterans and they're playing against younger guys in the in the NBA uh, playoffs. Imagine if they face a Memphis team Ooh. early in the early rounds. You know that Memphis team is going to put them out oh, because yeah. that Memphis team is too fast for them. They're very explosive and they're led by the 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 front runner for MVP. Yeah, Ja. Yeah, Ja. Yeah. And what yep. what has he done to the Lakers the last two times they played him? He torched demoralized him. him. Yep, torched him. Yep. He went on an offensive explosion, and the Lakers had no answer for him. They couldn't even slow him down. They yep. couldn't even keep up with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was making shots left and right from every uh, everywhere you could imagine on on the basketball court. So I mean, you know, the the Lakers are who they are. Um, they're they're frauds. You know, they're just like the Dallas Cowboys. They're frauds. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like that, but no, I'm just no. trying to keep it real. You know. <laughs> no, that's that's it. That's it. There, I wasn't sold on the whole rust thing, so I knew it wasn't gonna work just off that. And I hope Freddie heard this. Yeah, I hope Freddie heard this. <laughs> Freddie, you watching? This is, look, we telling you. Uh, they not winning the chip this year. 
Um, yeah, I knew it wasn't going to work with the whole rust thing. I didn't know it was going to be this bad. Right. Um, I thought they would still be a top five team or something uh, in the uh, West, but this whole thing, a, it, no, it, 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 it went it's left. A, <laughs> it's a fast-moving uh, train wreck. Yes. Yes, That's it what is. it is, and and at some point, this Laker team is really gonna derail. Yeah. Um, and the season's gonna be a wrap. Yep, definitely, definitely. So, we shall see how that ends in a couple months for the Lakers. Uh, horrifying! It's gonna be horrifying. They're going to be up out of there, yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> They're going to be up out of there. Uh, but uh, I thank you for coming on the show, Jonathan. I had no problem. A, I had a great time, man. Me too. Me too. I had a wonderful time on this show. Yes. This is awesome. Yes. So um, tell everybody where they can find you on uh, uh, social media and, you know, Short thing, everything. short thing. They can find me, uh, man, I'm on various uh, platforms on social media. They can find me on Instagram. You got my Instagram, SportsJudge85. Uh, they can find me on Twitter. I, you know, I'm going to tell you guys straight up, man, I ain't on Twitter like that. So, But but I do have a Twitter. It's SportsJudge85. It's the same thing as the Instagram. Uh, where you guys can really keep up with me and follow my content and, and read my commentary is on Facebook, Facebook. Uh, Greg, you follow the page. Mm-hmm. It's the, the Sports Judge fan page. Um, it's a cartoon picture of me, a cartoon image of me. Uh, you guys can follow me there. I, I post there all the time. You guys can see my my latest commentary, some memes I post up there, man. And you guys are more than welcome to reach out to me, message me, um, and, and we could talk and we could be buddies and go from there. Awesome. That's awesome. So, y'all, remember Sports Judge 85 on uh, uh, Instagram. And, the sport- and, and, and Twitter. Yeah, and Twitter. And the Sports Judge page on Facebook. So, follow my man, Jonathan. Um, and uh, he knows everything. Everything's SoCal. Everything's SoCal. He got it. He got it. He got it on lock. So, uh, but I appreciate you again for coming on, man. Thanks and, for having uh, me, man. I will definitely bring you back for, for sure. So, uh, this is yeah. This is not the last time uh, uh, for uh, uh, this isn't the last time for us uh, being on a show together. So. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of the G Report podcast, episode 105. Uh, as uh, it's been scrolling there at the bottom, if you're watching on Facebook, uh, you can follow the G Report on Facebook.com uh, slash the G Report. Uh, like the page, all videos of the episodes are on the uh, G uh, uh, Report Facebook page. 
Also, follow us on Instagram at the underscore lowercase g underscore reports. Uh, we're also on KCWRS online radio uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. And the G Report is also on Spotify. So you can listen to us on Spotify as well. So I thank you for watching. I thank you for listening. And as we always say when we leave, uh, stay healthy, stay safe, and God bless.